So I've entitled tonight's message, Communication Breakdown. So Craig, if you wouldn't mind, throw that up there. Communication Breakdown. And this isn't so much because we're not communicating, but I just wanted to break down communication the way God sees communication. I've evaluated some of the relationships that I've established um, in the recent years, and I've watched folks come in and out of church. You know, you have those um, that will come and visit a church, and you get to start to talking, and you establish a relationship, a verbal communication relationship. You, you hear a little bit about where they're from, what they've been doing with their life, and what have you. And um, there's sometimes when if you don't communicate with someone enough, they don't feel important, and they don't come back. Or you can communicate with people too much, and you just overwork them, and they don't come back in your life. And that doesn't just mean church life. This could be in any arena. So as I started to evaluate, Lord, what this, this thing, communication, is so necessary for us as human beings, and I think that this is probably one of the single most important tools that we have on the earth to do the will that you've called us to do, to, to execute your will in the earth, is to use communication to convey our hearts, to convey the heart of God, our expectations. I mean, there's so many valid points that, that I've never heard a message on communication. I don't, has anybody ever heard a message on communication? Wow. So I started digging around, looking at what God has to say about communication. It's huge. It's mind-blowing. We've got two important types of communication. One is between God and ourselves, and the other is between each other. Those are the two forms of communication. And when I say between each other, that's not just Christian to Christian. That's human beings to human beings. And communication is so much more than just our ability to speak and to talk. How many of you know that communication predominantly consists of listening, if you are communicating well? Well, I asked the Lord, what is your primary source of communication? What's, what's the way that you want to talk to us most? How, how are we supposed to be communicating most? And it was just instant. It's His Word. He's, he's written it down. He's done that so that we, we don't have to wonder. He's given us to, in black and white and red, if you have a red version. But in Romans ten seventeen it says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, and by the Holy Spirit. We see in John 14... It says, but the Helper, in John 14, 26, it says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things that I said to you. So Jesus has said some things to us. And I guess we have a tendency to forget, and God knows this. So he sends us the Holy Spirit to bring these things to our remembrance. The Bible is the most important vehicle of communication. It's where we derive the truth from. And whenever we speak to someone about anything, and the Word of God covers everything, but our basis, the foundation in which we convey any information, should be filtered through the Word of God before it ever leaves our mouth. 
this is interesting because so many of us, well, I'll just, I'll, I'll step back a little bit. I went, I met a, a non-believer um, not too long ago who said that, um, this was at Subway. He said, I invited him to church. He said, I'm not into religion. I said, cool. <laughs> Me neither. You need to come to our church. Yeah. No, no, this is another guy. He said, I'm not into religion. I said, I said, great, you know, you should come to our church. I said, I said, we don't believe in religion either. We, we believe in Jesus. And he looked perplexed and he said, I, can you explain? Now the line is starting to get, it's starting to lengthen a little bit. And so anyway, he fumbled around my sandwich and well, you were, you were there, Justin. And uh, he's, anyway, he couldn't, uh, he couldn't figure out what I meant by that. He said, but I'm, I'm more into thinking. I'm like, okay, that doesn't make any sense. I guess it does if you want to dissect it. But the truth is, how messed up is that? We are fallen in our own state. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. It's God who gives us the ability to be trained and to know what is going on, to, to understand the mysteries of the universe. It's not our thinking. I mean, we have stinking thinking as human beings. We're just, we're incapable of conjuring up anything godly on our own. Now, he's written certain things in our hearts. I believe there are certain morals and things that, um, that are in, you know, inherent in us. But for the most part, we can't rely on ourselves for, for any of that information. So... God speaks to us through His Word. And in order to fully understand how He communicates with us, we got to be diligent to read and study His Word, right? I mean, I think that is almost the, the 101 teaching. You've been hearing this since you were a kid, to memorize and meditate on His Word, to, to do Scripture memorization. I think we've done that through school leaders. Um, you did it as a kid in Sunday school. We teach it to our kids here. I don't know how it gets lost as we age, but somewhere it does get lost. What we do is we try to shortcut the process, and we, uh, we seek extra revelations or hearing of, of, of God's voice. In so many cases, that's not only unscriptural, but it opens us up to the deception of the enemy. Because in Jeremiah 17.9, it says that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? So our, our very hearts, in and of themselves, they're sick. They're deceitful. They're, 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 we need God's Word. It's not just a matter of want. He says not to trust in our heart. Uh, and he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on our own understanding. Our own understanding will not get us where we need to go. Or worse, the deception of demons who are always trying to get in. You know, the Bible says that he seeks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Anyone who is uneducated in the Word of God or unread of the, in the Word of God is susceptible to the roaring lion to come in and, and have his way with you. Because there's a lot of doctrine out there that sounds godly. There's a lot of doctrine out there that sounds good to our flesh. But it's not scriptural. We have to know exactly what it was that God said in order for us to move forward and progress in the way that he'd like us to progress and to, to uh, prosper and to have all these wonderful things that are promised to us in the Word of God. 
God communicates to us through His Word, through the, through the Holy Spirit. Now, when you get this in you, when you have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you and you have the Word of God inside of you, only then can you start to derive from that source, the Word of God, which is now in your heart, and to be able to implement that in your life. And you don't come up with your own decisions, your own um, interpretations of what that might look like. But it's the Word of God that exists in you, which is causing you to do what you do. Um, 1 Peter, where, where it talks about your adversary, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion. It says, be sober-minded. Be watchful. These things, when, when communication is taking place, I find now that I've become a born-again Christian and I've given my life to the Lord, when I get around people who are even church folks, when the topic of God comes up, it seems, I'd say 85% of the time, which is a lot, that there's a challenge. So you're a man of the cloth. What does it mean when, and it's like this, I'm going to test you. And it's, it's exciting a lot of the times because I'm armed, I'm equipped. Due to what I have gone through, through Legacy Church, and the discipleship programs, and the reading of the Word, and the discipleship the discipline that it takes, I'm able to have a conversation with someone. Now I'm no Pastor Baird. I mean, he can reel off scriptures. I'm just, I'm not wired like that. But it's always interesting that you can guarantee you're going to be tested when you communicate with others about the Lord. Instantly, they're going to bring forth trials and tests to see if you can pass them. And it, for no reason, it's, you would think that there's a point to what they're doing. If they might be getting ready to ask you a very important question. Maybe what should I do with my marriage? Um, how do finances work? Or you, know, you feel like they're going to start to present you with something that is of value. But the truth is they just want to poke and prod to see if, if you're equipped. I love that because I have the Word of God in me. Um, pastor on Sunday, he just, he just taught this the function of the Holy Spirit in communication. You know, that His function, when I was, that's been the biggest thing with me, is, Lord, what was the point of you sending the Holy Spirit? Why, what was His function in our relationship? I know that I communicate with you through the Holy Spirit, which is great because we need a line in which we can talk to God. But is that it? Is that, I mean... This almighty, powerful Holy Spirit is, I may mean, know he's, he's here to comfort us. But get this. In, first, in, in John 16, 7 through 11, he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, that it is to your advantage that I go away. This is Jesus talking. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come. That's the Holy Spirit. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father, and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. But his first job is to convict us of sin. How awesome is that? That is, in my opinion, the most essential voice of communication we can ever have in our life. When you can be quiet and listen, most of the time the Holy Spirit is going to be dealing with you on something. 
There's always things in our lives that we have to concern ourselves with, be it finance, relationship decisions. And I, you know, I talk to the young people, and there's always, you know, we've got good-looking young men and women in our youth group, and there's always boys chasing the girls and girls chasing the boys. And I know that there's a lot going on there, and I just pray, Lord, send your Holy Spirit to talk to them. Whisper, nay, shout, that they might hear what it is you want them to do. But when, we, when our own flesh starts to enter into to our decision-making, we start to, to draw, our soul will start to draw from that aspect. And Pastor was just talking about this on Sunday, when we should draw from our inner man, the, the spirit that dwells within us. He convicts us of sin. When our flesh is starting to be wooed to a certain area, it's the job of the Holy Spirit to say, Hey, uh-uh. No, 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 no. Listen, this is, this is where we're going. And he's not there just to convict you and say, bad, Scott, bad, Ed, you know, bad, you know, shame on you. No, he woos us into the, the, the right direction. He loves us into the right direction. But he convicts us of sin. He, he talks to us. That is a form of communication. When we feel these feelings of guilt or remorse or conviction, we, a lot of us associate them with bad. Like, I feel bad about this thing. Praise God that the Holy Spirit is talking to you. Be excited that He is speaking to you. So many of us are always saying, you know, I ask God for stuff all the time and I just never hear Him. He never talks to me. And I just never know when I'm doing the right thing because, you know, well, when you're doing the wrong thing, you do. And that's equivalent to God saying through the Holy Spirit, son, daughter, that's not my will for you. Look behind door number two. Praise God, He's talking to you. He is communicating with you. I think it's so amazing that the creator of heaven and earth and all the universe can reach down and talk to my heart. Just little me. And when he does, he's, he never fails. He's always right. Every single time. And if we just learn to listen to when he speaks with us, it's amazing what can happen. None of that was in my notes. Let me, let me move forward here. The Holy Spirit guides us into all truth. That's what I was getting to. The Spirit, when the Spirit of truth comes, this is John 16, 13, when the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will declare to you the things that are to come. The Holy Spirit hears from God directly. That's like the ambassador of the United Kingdoms coming over here to speak on behalf of the UK. Whatever he communicates is not his own decision. It's that of the United Kingdom. And it's just an amazing thing to think that that voice will speak into our hearts. And it whispers. God whispers. Alpha and Omega, creator of heaven and earth, comes to us and he whispers so softly. I just, I marvel at who God is and that he talks to us. When Jesus went, you know, the disciples were, were pretty torn up about the fact that Jesus left because they lost, lost the comforting presence of him. But he promised to send the Holy Spirit to console him and to guide him and also to bear witness. And John 15 
It says, But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. The Spirit communicates with, with the Father on our behalf. This is a point that I just, I, I always get exceedingly abundantly joyful about is you recall the, the conversation that was taking place when Job was about to be tormented, for lack of a better word. Satan didn't have the ability to go to Job and just start to tamper with his life. He had to go before the Father. And he had to say, you know, hey God, can I, um, can I go mess with Job? Because I, you know, I just, I want to mess with Job. God says yes or he says no. It's pretty amazing to think that an angelic being like Lucifer or Satan as he is now can go and talk to God and petition to disrupt our life. Well, the Holy Spirit goes to God and petitions on our behalf. I think that's awesome. That we can, we can make our requests known to the Lord. And the Holy Spirit takes the memo and he runs over to God at the throne and says, Hey, you know, Levy has a request. And um, I know it's, it's for a, a car or, a, or something that maybe you don't necessarily, but I want to petition for her. You know, I, I know that God will grant us the... Well, thank you. I look that parched. It's hot under these heat lamps. But I just think that's really cool. That God, that, that the Spirit communicates with the Father on our behalf, interceding and praying for us before the throne, especially when we're weary and downhearted. Pastor talked about on Sunday, Romans 8.26, he said, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. I just, I marvel at how much He loves us. Our primary communication with God has to be through prayer. Now that's our communicating with Him, is through prayer. We're able to go to Him for all of our needs. When we lack something, God says that it's not um, from His inability to provide, but oftentimes it's for lack of diligence for asking or that we're asking the wrong thing. And that always gets me. We've got to check our heart. When we communicate with God and we go before Him to talk to Him and to petition before Him for something, we've got to check our heart because in James 4, He says that you desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. There are certain things that I would just love. In fact, I talked to Robert today. I thought some jet skis would be pretty cool. And uh, we, maybe we should go try to buy some jet skis. I'm only partially kidding on that. <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, we, we, there's a lot of things that we think we want or think we need. And we ask God, we flippantly go before Him and say, you know, I'm just going to put this on my prayer list and I'm just going to throw these things out there. And I don't think it's wrong to go to God and ask Him, but if we don't seek our hearts, if we don't seek the very depth of what His will is for us, we're going to be missing so many opportunities to be blessed. Because the blessings that He's designed us for are so much more than the materialistic things or relational things or 
monetary, job-wise. I mean, there's so many things that, that are just not valuable to him. Now, he cares about everything in your life. He cares about every little thing. And we preach that here that he, if you have a hangnail, he can cure it. If you have cancer, he can cure that too. Big or small, he's, he's into everything. But you've got to check your heart and know that it is his will. Because you're going to frustrate yourself when we talk to God and we say, Lord, I want this to happen and I'm, I want this job. I want to move to this place. And I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to. He sits tapping his foot saying, okay. You want to hear what I want for you? If you dig deep, you'll know. He'll, he'll speak to your heart and he'll reveal to you the things that he's predestined you for. He's created you for something. But if we get so wrapped up in this world and what it's doing and what it has to offer, we're going to miss the things that God has created us for. And that's the part about listening. When we communicate, we've got to learn to listen. We've got to learn to hear his heart. His word is alive. I don't know, and I think everyone can attest to this, that you can read the same book three, four, and five times, 10, 15, even 20 times, and His Word, it speaks to you on so many new levels every single time. Every time you get into the Word of God, He reveals something new to you in that same Scripture. In, in the same passages, He opens up your eyes to see things on other levels. He wants you to be able to constantly come to Him and, and be reminded of who He is and His power, but also to be conformed more like Him so that as you request these things of Him, He can meet you where you need to be met. Um, you know, our, our primary mode of communication with God is through prayer. Jesus I've asked myself this a couple of times, but Jesus prayed a lot. I mean, he went, he went away and made it a point to stop what he was doing, to get before the, the throne. He went by himself. He asked people to hang around him while he prayed. But he did a lot. All the time, you can read in the Scripture, he's, he's always in communication with the Lord. And it's because he was in a fallen state in that he was human. He, 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 had, he wasn't able to come into the presence of God like you and I can't be in the presence of God lest we be destroyed. But he prayed to God on a regular basis. He wanted to reestablish an intimate communication with the Father. And he gave us this example so that we can learn to pray continually. Now, I've talked a lot about how we're to commune with the Father and, and have that communication with Him. But what about with fellow man? I've not been exposed to anything but the American church, so I can't speak on behalf of the whole church. But it goes without saying that filthy communication should never escape from the lips of a Christ follower. This is huge. This is killing the church. This is killing the wave of power that the Holy Spirit wants to move in because of our lips. Whether it's said in jest or in earnest, 
we've got to be careful of what we say. James speaks clearly. He says, Know this, my beloved. Let every person be quick to hear and slow to speak and slow to anger. When we, when we speak in anger, we fail to show God's love. Growing up, I had a bit of a temper, and um, it was real easy for me to just fly off the handle. And I've laid that down, and I'm thankful that God's able to redeem my patience and, and to, to bring me back to where He needs me to be. But if there was ever anything that can hurt or kill, it's your words. And when you speak out of anger, it's, it's like swinging a, a machete. And just whoever's around you can be hurt. And when you're not speaking in God's love, it's, it's so detrimental to what God wants to do in this earth. You know, when we speak in anger, especially to a family member, you know, I know familiarity can set in when you get close to family, and I, I've, I've got family. Um, my wife has family, all living here. And when we come together, it's so easy to just, as, just because of familiarity, to be able to say things that you wouldn't say to someone maybe of authority in your life that you, would, that you respect, even though you're speaking to your brother, your sister, your mom, or your dad, or your grandmother, or grandfather. The sense of familiarity kicks in, and you just you say things that you just really wouldn't, you shouldn't say, and you wouldn't say to anyone else. And I think with family, and in the South, it's huge. We need to be careful. We just really need to be careful. If we're going to show God's love, that's the place. Even Jesus couldn't share with his own family because of familiarity. That's a place that God was very. I mean, Jesus himself knows that it's tough to win the hearts of your family. But so many of us, I know, just by reading prayer requests and, and talking to you all, have family members that you want so badly to come to know the Lord, to come to know Jesus. And I've heard stories even recently of folks that were on, you know, either on their deathbed or really sick, and you're able to go and visit, and you're, you can lay hands on and pray and say all these nice things. And it's amazing that when somebody's just dangling over Hades, how we, we are just filled with love and compassion. But when everything's fine and dandy and we're at the family reunion, we find ourselves talking about Uncle Joe and his drinking problem. And oh, he embarrasses me and I don't have an Uncle Joe and he doesn't have a drinking problem, so we're not, <laughs> we're not stepping in. But nonetheless, you know what I'm saying. So we need to be careful when we're talking to our family members that we don't let familiarity interrupt the ability for us to witness to them. Um, who is it? Um, our testimony is going to be damaged if we, if we allow that to happen, uh, as is Jesus' name if we, if we fail to guard our tongues. Now, the best way to be sure of what comes out of our mouth, of, to make sure that what comes out of our mouth is pure, is to be aware of what is in our hearts. Jesus reminded the Pharisees, and Kelly reminded me just recently, out of the abundance of the, of the heart, the mouth speaks. That is so true. Kelly said it just yesterday or the day before. And that's so cliche. I mean, we hear that in the church growing up, and you just you hear it all the time. But how true is that? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you can fill your heart with the love of God and with His Word, get filled up so that when you do speak, you have something godly to say. It's just amazing how true that is. If our hearts are filled with ungodliness, it's going to eventually come out of our mouth. 
It doesn't matter how hard you try to restrain it. It's going to happen. Now, of course, our most important communication to man should be the fulfillment of what we've been called to do, which is to go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all, all things that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always till the end of the age. We've got to be aware of what's coming out of our mouth if we're going to witness the name of Jesus Christ in our workplaces and in our families and among, among strangers and even at church. You've got to know what's going to come out. So finally, I want to close with this, that we've got to examine our communication very closely on every, in every form. Today, there's so many different forms of communication. I mean, as I was thinking of it, I thought, you know, man, there's email, there's texting, there's Twitter, there's Facebook. You know, and, and it's so easy that when you start getting on these other forms, we enjoy the nicety of being able to bypass some of the, the greetings. Today I texted a potential customer. We've been going back and forth, and just to keep things simple, we've been just texting each other. And I made a simple request that said, and this is even though this message is on my heart, I still did this. I asked, I just said, fax me the document. Send. Short and sweet to the point. He knew what I was talking about. No big deal. But I thought, wow, has it come to that? I haven't talked to him today. I don't think I've talked to him for a couple days even. And just send me the document. If that was a one-on-one -on -one communication that took place between me and this customer... Would that go over well? It's terrible. But that's what we've gotten down to is we, there's, no, there's no love in the communication anymore. There's no fellowship. There's, it's just psh, to the point. When you're talking on Facebook, you know, there's a lot of people get away with a lot of stuff, saying things that just they wouldn't want their mama to hear. Parents, check your kid's Facebook. Sorry, guys. Not really. But you've, you, it's amazing how the enemy can cause you to, to just flippantly communicate with your brothers and sisters or strangers and just say things that you would never say on an email. I'm, I keep using you as an example, Kelly. But I, Kelly is grammatically the most correct person I know. When this is done, I'm going to hear it in the car that you said this, you should have said no, not really. But she's, she's very um, meticulous about how she constructs a letter or an email. She's methodical, and I'm so thankful for that in her because that's a good example of what we should be doing when we communicate with each other is to take the time and care. You know, back when the Word of God was written, that paper and pens weren't... You didn't go to the local you know, office depot and grab a stack of 5,000 sheets of white paper or lined paper or paper with holes in it and paper that's... There's so many different options we have today. No, then they had parchment, pen and ink that they... I mean, they had to kill a bird and climb a mountain and crush some berries and... I mean, you didn't just pin out this thing. Everything was meticulous. The Word of God, even just the fleshly part of it, just the, the fact that men were writing this, the fact that they... It was, it was sacred. The Word that they were receiving and the paper that they were writing on. We're both sacred. 
It was not going to... And they were... Today, we don't do that. We just, we just go around throwing our, you know, junk all over the place. And I want us to make it a point. And the assignment tonight, as you go forth, I want you to prayerfully consider some words that you've allowed to proceed from your mouth to your family members first, husbands and wives, moms and kids, some co-workers. Maybe you've talked poorly about your boss. Not you. No. But you, you need to make sure that, we've, we, that we guard our tongue from this point forward, but we have allowed some things to escape from our mouths towards our parents, towards authorities in our lives, towards the President of the United States, towards, you know, there's all the, there's different kinds of jokes and things that we allow to just flow. We need to be careful from here on. But I want us to repent before the Lord on the things that we've allowed to come out and find those that you may have slandered or participated in a gossip ring to facilitate the slandering of someone else and to go and to, to break that cycle Either tell them, hey, listen, I can't hang around the water cooler at lunch anymore because I can't control my tongue. I get around y'all and I just start, we, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm better than this. Don't allow that to happen anymore. Go before the Lord. Get on your knees, get on your face, and just be quiet. And just make it a point to get before Him and just listen. Don't bring your laundry list of dues for him to fulfill for this time. Now, he does want you to bring petition before him. But for this time, just go and to get into that quiet place to just listen. And I'm talking to myself here because I have a, I have a way of getting before the Lord and just throwing my long list of things that I want him to jump on and fit it into my, my 15 minutes that I have to, to spend with you right now. And, and I'm out of here. Or in the car, drive and say, Lord, I need this, I need this, I want this. Heal this person, heal that person, do, 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 and done. And he's, it's like double dutch. You know, he's looking for his opportunity to jump in and speak, but I'm never giving him the chance. And it's all over and done with before he ever got to say anything. You know what I'm missing by that? So, that was my point tonight. We need to make sure that we can't, we, we don't allow our tongues to get us in trouble and that we can learn to bite our tongues, be quiet when we're before the Lord because He has so much, we can glean so much more when our ears are open and mouths are closed. Everybody's heard this, that He gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason, right? 